Welcome back to Ferris Bueller's Minute Off, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the John Hughes classic, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, one minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Trey Laguna. And today we have the dueling genre boss man himself, Scott Corelli, on the show. <laughs> hey, Scott. Hey, I'm, I am very excited to be here because if you didn't do it, I would have. So, you know, I think we had talked about it. We, there, there are definitely a handful of movies uh, that I think both of us have been like eyeing, like, this would be fun one to do. Mm-hmm. So we're, uh, I'm glad that it fit in nicely between our seasons of Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. So that Absolutely. we didn't have any overlap on the shows. That's, that's, that's probably like one of the, one of my favorite, like, uh, sorry, that plane is obnoxious. <laughs> is it crop dusting? What's going on? <laughs> I have no idea. So you don't even know. There's, there's so many crops in San Diego. <laughs> oh, <apparently>. yeah. <laughs> Urban crops. Urban that, crops. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Those what are does that, that even mean? It's called people, <laughs> Victoria. <know>. People. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well then that's all that's a whole other ominous like crop dusting at that oh, point, no. isn't it? <laughs> oh no. You've just made it so much worse. I know. Uh, that's what I do. That's what I do. Thank you. All right. Well, today, today we're talking about minute sixteen. Uh, minute sixteen starts with Rooney pontificating. And it, that's the, that's the word I chose, right. uh, and it ends with uh, Ferris putting his dad on hold. We have a lot, a lot to talk about in this minute, you guys. We get like four different sets in this minute. Um, last week ended with uh, Rooney and the end of the phone call. Right, yeah. ended with the phone call, and he was talking about like, oh no, it ended with Grace saying they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "What's so dangerous about a character like Ferris Bueller is he gives good kids bad ideas." And so this this minute starts with him saying that uh, he wants to he wants to show them that the example he sets will will uh, give them a first class ticket to nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, he's trying to be so fierce and aggressive. <laughs> but it's but it, well, he's not trying to. It's it's uh, it's a genuine moment because. It catches Grace off guard because Grace is the one that points out he sounds like Dirty Harry. And he's like, yeah. whoa, really? <laughs> like, I really he didn't mean to sound like Dirty Harry. He just did because it was like one of uh, the only he, times I in think in moment. this movie mm-hmm. he, he ever acts like a legitimate badass. Yeah, he's like, this is this is the moment where he feels that he's he's empowered. He's behind his desk. He's in charge. He's he knows this kid is. He's just yes. like, I'm... Once he leaves the school, he just loses all of his authority. And it, it does no good for him. No. This oh. moment, I, I almost wonder if this moment is uh, some sort of, like... I, if this is some sort of reference to the, to the principal in uh, Breakfast Club being kind of a badass... Um, you know, like the, you mess with me, you get the horns thing. Yeah. Um, Cause it's yes. sort of a similar moment kind of, um, only he like takes the wind out of, uh, out of Rooney's sails as opposed to the other guy who he just lets be a badass and walk out of the room. Um, mm-hmm. he's more, uh, he's, he's undermined like behind his back. Uh, I think so. 
Um, but in this, uh, Rooney's just like undermined constantly. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I really like um, it. It it's fun that Grace kind of flatters him a little bit. She says like her her reaction. She's so genuinely surprised. She gets this little like. Ooh, like she yeah, kind of like shudders. It. There's a little like I really like it. There's so a lot much. of emotion in it. <laughs> Victoria, off mic, you were telling me. Uh, oh, that I know exactly what that that is. Yeah. Like, I, and I enjoy it very much that she does that. And I'm like, yes, I, I know that. It's just this like <laughs> unexpected attraction. This this sort of it's like I, I didn't know you could. It's an unexpected, somewhat of an attraction that you're just like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> it's like all I right. I didn't know you had this in you. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh my gosh, okay. Do you guys think that's genuine, or do you think that Grace is more manipulative than we give her credit? No, I, I think that she really does. I think she really does admire or like respect Rooney. He he he's like in his element, and I think a lot of what I mean, I guess what I'm drawing. I don't. From is, I don't see her more as a subordinate. She's almost like like equal with him. Like mm-hmm. she comes and sits with him and talks to him. And like, like he seems like they're having a conversation, like advice wise almost. Yeah. And just kind of like getting her feedback. And it's just like, no, there's, there's something there. There's sort that's of a balance. Like, like a work marriage. Might... Yeah. It's a, it's exactly. a work life. Because, yeah. because, uh, you know, he doesn't get any respect from the students, but like she does show this admiration just like this. Like, I think that I mean, it is she, genuine. I feel like, like she calls him out like on his BS. Cause mm-hmm. she'll tell him like, Oh, you sound like, like you sound like an ass is what it, yeah. what it does. You know, she'll tell him like it is, but at the same time, like you get moments like you this. Get moments so like this, so yeah. she flatters him a little bit. And so even though she can get on his nerves, like mm-hmm. he likes to keep her around. I yeah. Think, for that. Yeah. I don't know. And I think I she like has it. this connection. We'll talk about it later this week. I want to talk about, a. Uh, her kind of, she's his bridge, his, she's his connection to the student body. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and we can get into that later this week when, when he asks her about Sloane. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I do I, like... I love, uh, I love Rooney's dirty hairy face that he does to himself. I know, he does this little <laughs> squint. Like, oh, can I, can I pull face. that off? Mm, her, her. Mm. Oh, well, thanks, Grace. Like, just <laughs> 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 so. She made his day. She's yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I am dirty hairy. <laughs> oh, no, it's the only time he gets so a win cute. today. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It's, it's really, it's really cute. I like it a lot. Oh, it's pretty great. And then we cut to Ferris on the red phone. Mm-hmm. The red phone. I like. It's, uh, it's, it's the Bat Cave. Ferris has another phone. outfit different from the end of the week last week. Mm-hmm. Um, last time we saw him, he was in the I Dream of Genie outfit, right? Mm-hmm. When he was dancing. So now he's like assuming his final form. He's got the white undershirt and he's going to put later we'll see the vest and then he's got the jacket that goes up. It must be really, it's summer well, in Chicago. How, like, what's the temperature like there? I told you, he changes more outfits than a presenter at the Oscars. Like, mm-hmm. it's like every, like, a new outfit, every scene. Yeah. I, I, I think that that's intentional. John Hughes mentions in the commentary track that every time we cut to Ferris, he wants him to have something different because it's like, you know, he's home and he's just kind of waiting for this Kill opportunity. He's like killing time. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, what's he going to do? What's he going to wear? What's he going to do? How's he going to, how long is it going to take for Cameron to get over? Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's so frustrated. So he's already called Cameron and been like, you need to get over here. Like, mm-hmm. come over here again. Yeah. He's like, I'm tired of you making me wait. This is ridiculous. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm looking at, um, Ferris's, uh, stuff on his, de- on his desk and everything. And you know, you, mm-hmm. you guys have gone into his bedroom and what's yes. in it, but Specifically, he's drinking a Pepsi, and I don't think that's the smartest move. 
um, because he's drinking out of a can, which means a can is going to be missing, which means they're going to know that he drank Pepsi. And do you drink Pepsi when you're sick? I don't. No, no, I don't like I don't like dark sodas when I'm sick. No, either. you're no. supposed to drink like Seven Up. And right. That kind well, ginger ale. But he doesn't have an upset stomach. Right. Yeah. You drink you no, drink that uh, stuff for an upset stomach. Mm-hmm. So maybe it doesn't matter what he's. He drinking. says his stomach's his stomach hurts and he's seeing spots. Oh, and he's seeing spots. Yeah. yeah. And he said that when you lick your palms, it's when you bend over moaning and yeah, wailing. Yeah. 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 So I think he faked that his stomach did hurt. I don't it, think maybe, that a Pepsi's the thing that he would want. Maybe they just don't care that they'll see Pepsi. Well, they don't. His dad definitely doesn't give him good advice if he has the flu. <laughs> right? Yeah. Rapid. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. That's tomorrow. Yeah. That's tomorrow. <laughs> Save it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I am glad he's a Pepsi drinker. Yay, Pepsi drinkers. <laughs> I think Ferris Bueller is left-handed. I never noticed that before, but he's doing this uh, mm. this painting on his computer. With the mouse, hand. with his left hand. Uh huh. You have to check. Doesn't he sign stuff later, um, like checks and things like that, like at the restaurant and stuff? So you might mm. like keep an eye out for that because I yeah. My my theory is that this is just how they set up the scene, uh, and <laughs> it's it's just like yeah, we're framing it like this. But in order to do it like this, I have to use my left hand on the mouse. And he's like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I. <laughs> I did look, and Matthew Broderick is left-handed. Oh, okay. Right on. Oh, well, there you so, go. So this setup does work for him. But yeah, it is really convenient because it is the way the room, like, the room is set up. Uh, actually, Victoria, earlier we noticed that there was a camera on this table, actually, uh, that was pointing at, I think the chair he's sitting in is the horse chair the with the horse, horse head. Yeah. That so would make sense. So he just moved the camera. I guess. Um, or we're looking through that camera. That's weird. Oh. I don't know if I like that. How... Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of I don't when he looks at the when he looks at us through the camera I'm always wondering like what our relationship is with this uh, perspective we'll t- we'll talk about it because we'll get to one, we have another fourth wall break coming up um, I did look to see when he catches the baseball later he 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 plays like he uh, he when he says I think I broke my thumb it's his left thumb that he's looking at too mm. Mm. so I don't know maybe he is left-handed. Maybe he's just really talented, and even though he's right-handed, Ferris Bueller can do a Modigliani painting in in pixel art on his left or on his computer with his left hand. He he's ambidextrous. Yeah, I could mm. believe that. He's got everything else going for him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I did look up this um this painting that he's doing. It is a where's my note? It is an Amadeo Modigliani. And it's reclining nude number one, but it's in reverse. Mm. In the actual painting, she's laying the opposite direction. Mm. But you got to have that. Uh, this is the reason you do it in this angle is because you got to have the um, shot reverse shot kind of over the shoulder thing. So she would need to yeah. be on the right side of the frames. And you're going to want the head on the right side of the frame, not the left side, because then it would look weird. So, yeah, this makes sense. There you go. He's he's doing it with his left hand, so he 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 does it backwards. Yeah. Um, we don't get to see it, but we we did see last week that Ferris was able to change his attendance record on Rooney's computer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the commentary track. John Hughes actually in the uh, in the script too. Um, when Ferris is done with this painting, he clicks a button and it's displayed on a jumbotron downtown. So Ferris is wired into everything. 
when the the sign outside the Wrigley outside of Wrigley Field says "Save Ferris," that's because he did it. So it was just like huh. even more tech savvy. Like let's give him all this, and that's just stuff that got kind of left at the wayside as they were putting the movie together. There's a lot of little things that were cut out, but then there's so much else that was improvised that's in the movie that's yeah. not in the script. So. Yeah, I like um, I, I I like that. I actually think the um, the grade thing is. Uh, kind of a mistake because I I think that it it gives Ferris too much. I, I I like the idea that Ferris is just really lucky, and that he isn't like a computer genius, and he isn't he like all of these great things that happen to him. He's not really doing them. He's just lucky. Like I'm I, like just, there's that like there's that beat later in the movie where he's rubbing the rabbit's foot when he's trying to avoid his dad. Yes. Like that's that's fairest to me is that I, I just think that he's abnormally lucky. Like if he was a mutant, his mutant power is that he always wins. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't I don't I don't like the idea that he is uh, like actually doing these things. Mm-hmm. So so the the stuff like. The Wrigley Field, say Ferris thing. Yeah, I like I the way it is. I think in the it's movie. better if that's just the town falling, like f- buying into his shenanigans. Right, uh, and, and I or agree. not even, and, and it's not fun. even that because it's not even it's not the town. It's literally Chicago. Yeah, um, it's all of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I just I like the idea that it's it it's like Ferris as a as a character becomes uh, larger than life. He becomes mm-hmm. sort of like a fable. And I, I like that more because if you start making sense out of the stuff that he gets away with, you turn into Victoria and you get very grumpy <laughs> about him getting away with things. Cause like, you're like, that's not reality. But if you just like make it so that it's like, yeah, this isn't reality at all that he's a fairy tale creature uh, mm-hmm. that just <laughs> gets away with tale. things and has <laughs> abnormal, magical, mystical luck. He's just, a it's, force of nature. Right. He's just right. Exactly. Like I, I just, I like that well, more. It, so I don't like that. He can change his grades in the computer. That, that I, part has always bothered me a little. I, I, I'm okay with the change in the grades because I think, I think it, it, it not necessarily, I mean, it does show that he's got proficiency with the computers, but um, it's also the timing of it. It's, it's, it's very similar to when I'm, I was going to talk about this later in the week too. Uh, when Cameron hangs, like they hang up the phone and Cameron says, I'm dying. And he calls back at like just the right time. Like he knew what Cameron was going to say. And then at that instance, his uh, Rooney and his mother were having this conversation on the phone and he was referring to like, he has missed nine days. And it just happens to be that like right at that particular moment is when the grade starts going down. And uh, I believe it's going to happen in a later minute this week. I made a note about that. We will get back to, Um, but no, I agree with you too, Scott, because you say that, uh, like you brought up him rubbing the the rabbit's foot and and I really do like there's so much stuff in the script that got left out of the movie because it doesn't really fit with his character and there's so much of imp- like improvisation happening on the the part of the actors that that do make it into the movie that really help that character evolve a bit so even him rubbing the rabbit's foot I think is just like something that the two of them he and Cameron like or he and Alan Ruck decided on mm-hmm. the day that they were shooting. It was just like a prop that they had had and was like, well, I want to be doing something while we're down here at the seat of the floor. Like they have the rabbit's foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's, it's things like that, like little bits of life that, that Matthew Broderick himself is kind of breathing into this character and it's sort of shaping him into more, this even bigger, larger, more large, larger than life uh, sort of position. 
that he 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 gains. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Guys, I love this movie. Um, really couldn't tell. <laughs> I do. Do you say that in every episode? I think you do. I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> It'll be a running thing. We'll see. I haven't even paid enough attention to see if I do, but I'm pretty sure I do. Uh, so he's on the phone with Cameron. Did we talk anything about the phone call he has with Cameron? He's just like fed up and he's like, come on over here, pick me up. Oh, actually. He's being very demanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is. I think that this might, this, this minute here. and next minute. Well, next minute, not so much because of the movie, but more because of the script. I think it's Ferris at his, like, I don't say lowest, but I, this is the this is the hardest part to watch is I've been going back and doing my notes and being like, oh, you are being really kind of a jerk right now. Uh, it's tough love, uh, which was it, a big thing a little... in the 80s. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, 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 I know that he is he's doing it because he he needs a car like obviously that's yeah that is that that's not even debatable but i do think that he does believe that this is what cameron needs and that he's like yeah we can like you can come over and we can mm-hmm. both do something together like it's it's yeah. not just that he wants the day off he he wants the day off and he wants to spend it with his friends um, with Cameron, not, yeah, yeah, with Cameron and with Sloane, he wants to do it mm-hmm. the three of them because, like, what fun is it if you don't have anyone to share it with? And exactly, and so I think that you know he's it, when he's saying uh, when he's when he's doing this tough love thing with with Cameron. I don't, I don't, I don't see it as a dick move. I see it more as him just being, you know, he's impatient because he knows his friend. I think the problem mm-hmm. is that we come into this. With the disadvantage, because we don't really know either of these guys yet. And so it does yeah. seem like Ferris is treating this sick guy like an, he's just being a dick. Mm-hmm. But we we don't know what their relationship is like. But if you look at the context of the rest of the movie, it feels to me like Cameron really loves having a friend like Ferris. But oh, yeah. Cameron is also also suffers from depression and needs to be dragged out of his his den kicking and screaming uh, so that he can remember why life is worth living. (laughs) And I think that's what Ferris is doing is he's just and, you know, he's a kid, too. So he's not going to pull his punches on this stuff. He's just going to be like, get I'm tired of this stuff. Like, get yeah. get up, get out. Let's go. And also, no one understood depression back then. So that's also a thing. But yeah. that's definitely feeding into this. If this was mm-hmm. made today, this would be a totally different thing. But yeah, because yeah. because uh, Cameron, uh, we know that his his illness is like this. It's in his head. Even Ferris tells him, like, it's all in your yeah. head. Like, and, and we'll see him improve over the course of the movie, even though it only takes place over the course of the, the single mm-hmm. day. Um, I mean, so he's I think, just yeah, depressed. It's just depression. That's yeah. That's it. It is like, a type of sickness. Mm-hmm. Right, right. No, exactly. Totally it's definitely agree. a type of sickness. But he is misunderstanding de- his like depression yeah. as like actual like physical illness instead of mm-hmm. uh, mental illness, which is what it is. Um, yeah. And he's, he's, he doesn't Poor know how to cope man. because no one knew how to cope with depress- depression in the 80s. No. We do see him. I like the I, I like that we get to see the, the back and forth between 
Ferris and Cameron in this minute and next minute. And mm-hmm. I like just sick Cameron sitting up in his bed with his blankets around him. Is he's like he's got like the blood pressure. Cr- no, it's a. Do you know what the word for that is? It's sphygmomanometer. I discovered. All right. Mm-hmm. For a blood pressure cuff. And uh, he. You get he, a gold star for the day. There we go. That's my word of the day. Uh, he I, asks Ferris, do you know what my diastolic is? Yeah, I meant to look up what a diastolic is. Can you tell us what a diastolic uh, is? You know, I didn't actually. I think it's. What? I think, I think it's. Uh, That's the thing you didn't look up, Gary. And, no, I didn't. <laughs> that is the thing I did not look up. Uh, you would think. I think I think there's a it's the the two numbers when you do your when you get your blood pressure done you get the the one number over the other number and I think diastolic is like one of those two numbers. Uh, I don't know how to read a blood pressure cuff though. Oh, it's systolic and diastolic. Uh, the bottom number is diastolic and it refers to your blood pressure when your heart muscle is in between beats. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I uh there we go. There's a little bit. That's that's very uh, surface level note-taking because I did not actually take notes on that particular topic. But there we go. Uh, so he's like, do you know what my diastolic is? He's like, oh, what does Ferris tell him? Ferris tells him to uh, take some Pepto-Bismol, which has nothing to do with his blood pressure. It's a very different, uh, makes it seem like uh, Cameron has a very different uh, issue going on this morning mm-hmm. than just feeling sick. Mm-hmm. Sniffly and gross. But he's already like... In in his room here, he's already not sick, like he's yeah. like he's not at all. He's sitting up. He's he's lively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's that thing where you're just like, yeah, no, I think I'm sick, but no, you're not. You're not sick. You no, just, yeah, <laughs> you just you're depressed, dude. You're just depressed. Um, Poor which Cameron is a, which which sucks enough, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, fair. I I really do think Ferris is doing the right thing, even if even if he benefits from it. I I do think he's doing mm-hmm. the right thing of not letting his friend just rot away. Yeah, uh, at home in the dark. I would agree uh, with you. Yeah, I'm like come on out. Sometimes I mean, because I've been in that place where like I've been holed up at home and not feeling great, not wanting to do much of anything, and like mm-hmm. it's nice to have someone to be that person to be like, no, like come, let's go do something. Like mm-hmm. I'm not taking sp- no for an answer because you you need to not say no. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll get we'll get deeper into that in this week. We get a lot of uh, good Cameron oh, yes. moments where I'm just like, oh, I have been Cameron in this uh-huh. moment so much. There's a I, reason I, I, I feel like I've been week. in that Cameron and then you've been the one to the, be the like, fairest, like the, the fairest. We, we got to do this, Victoria. Come on. Mm-hmm. No, I've definitely like there have been days where I've just you've you've not wanted to do stuff. And I'm like, I'm coming over. And, and I'm, I'm just, just like, oh, I guess <laughs> it happens sometimes. in my cave. Mm-hmm. It's OK. Uh, I like my cave. Your, your, I call it your nerd, your nerd cave with all your figurines and everything, your Legos. I'm just, I'm surrounded by, th- mm-hmm. by st- whoa, whoa, stuff. Whoa, 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 Gary, Lego. <gasps> it's Lego. Lego. It's oh, Lego. I pluralized it. No. You don't pluralize Lego with Legos. It's Lego. Too late. Already you done. You monster. It's okay. <laughs> if Ricky was here, <laughs> he rolling his eyes so hard, he'd be like, "Oh my god!" Be, it's a, that, that Robert Downey Jr. like meme, like, "Uh, oh yeah, this guy." <laughs> That's a great gift. It is. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Oh, uh, I love Robert Downey Jr. So okay. is, is anybody doing weird science? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But I, I, I would, I would guess on that. That's a great movie. It is a great movie. Uh, we still have a little bit left in this minute. Oh, um, right. Ferris gets another call. Mm-hmm. This time from his father. 
checking up on him. Mm-hmm. He does the most fake, like, hello, like, like trying to sound all sick. And then he goes, his parents buying it mm-hmm. every time. Right? And his dad's like, you sound terrible. And he's like, really? Darn. I thought I was improving. Oh, it's like, you're mm-hmm. so full of it. Uh, this <laughs> building, this beautiful glass building that's overlooking uh, the Chicago River is at 333 West Wacker Drive. <laughs> what, West Wacker? Yeah. I was trying to find, I think somewhere in the commentary track, John Hughes actually gives it a name. Like, he refers to it. But I couldn't find the part uh, in my... I didn't want to re-listen to the whole thing start to finish trying to find this one little phrase. I've been, uh, I, I've seen this building exactly like that because I, I took a, like a river, river. That's uh, awesome. Like a river tour, boat tour of Chicago. And so I, I, nice. I went right past this building. I was like, Hey, that's such a gorgeous <laughs> building. Yeah. Uh, uh, John Hughes, every time we get city shots, he's just like, this is my city and I love this city. And I wanted to show off as much of the city as I could. And so mm-hmm. we do get a lot of really beautiful shots of the of, of Chicago in this movie. I've never the, been to uh, Chicago. The the move that that uh, Ferris does right before that, when he switches the call and he 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 clicks over and then sort of like lets go and 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 backs away slowly before going hello. Uh, that that move of the click over and the like did it work? Like kind of like back away. I I do that. All the time, all the time, like because of this movie, uh, like because there's just certain there's like certain things in this movie where that like the way like character movements and mm-hmm. things like that, that you I just picked up on at such an impressionable age when I first saw this and it just became a part of me. And so like there's certain things when I watch that movie, I'm like, oh, that's where I got that mm-hmm. from, huh? Like, it's almost like it, watching this movie is sometimes like watching my dad do something that I do. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> oh, where I get yeah. that from. And it's the same thing, only this is a movie because I'm uh, some kind of weirdo. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, uh, th- I think this movie is like highly quotable. And then, yeah, there are a lot of like little reaction things. And I find myself, I think particularly, um, we'll see it next week. But when Cameron's on the phone and he's talking to Rooney and he's like, he does this little like hip wiggle thing like he this kind of like oh yeah yeah he's not yeah, really that, dancing yes. but he's sort of just like he's on the, i do that when i'm on the phone i can't stand still and so i find myself like doing things moving my <laughs> i fidget a lot and i i uh, i don't know there's things like that but i'm just like oh that happened in this movie that i forgot that that happened in this movie we don't get much of the conversation with his dad we get more of it tomorrow well actually we don't get much of his conversation with his dad at all it feels like it's n- a non-discussion uh here he says, his dad asks him if he was sleeping, and he's just like, can you hold on a second? And he puts him on hold. And then... My dad's uh, not suspicious at all. No. And then the conversation ends with his dad tomorrow, with them not having any sort of discussion at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, curious. He could be blowing his nose or something. Maybe. Theoretically. It's a really long nose blow. Blows his no. nose long enough to tell Cameron, uh, get on over sick. here and pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I think... I think that was everything I had for this minute. Mm -hmm. Victoria, did you have anything else you wanted to add for this minute? Not particularly. Okay. I I think, like, the the most I had, like, to contribute was uh, that Rooney and Gray scene. Mm. That was about it. I only have one final note, and it's uh, that in the script, when his dad asks if he was sleeping, Ferris says, I was doing homework. I'm so worried about falling behind. 
And then he puts his dad on hold. Yeah. So so it's just like a little another nudge of like, I'm a good student. I'm a... Like, I still care about The little school. golden boy. Yeah. Aw. Ferris <laughs> thinks he has everyone so duped. Ferris does have everyone so duped. Who, who yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't think so. He, he No, he knows, he, so. he knows it. Except for Rooney. He knows it. Except for Rooney. And his sister. And his sister. Oh, I love his sister so much. He taunts her so much, though, in the first minute, so, first couple I, minutes I, when he's, like, I winking at her and love her. shushing her. Because oh. he wants her to be, he wants her to be, like, in on it. Like, he wants to, But what's in it for know. her if she is? Because the thing is, it's not like if she did it, he wouldn't help her. He would absolutely yeah. go along with it and help her. The her fact that she's if not she's, if she, she tried just, that she wouldn't that they wouldn't believe her like they believe him. Well, yeah, maybe maybe, but I don't know. That's what seems to be her issue. Mm. Yeah. I, I bet like she even tells them she's like, "Oh, if I pulled this, like you guys would like not even." Well, she gets some good advice from uh, Charlie Sheen's character later, but I, I think that if she if she did talk to Ferris Bueller, if she talked to Ferris and was like whatever like if she wanted to take a day off or if she like wanted to be in on him taking his day off like it's not her 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 assumption that like oh if i did that i'd get caught later is haughty and not thought through like i i mm-hmm. think that uh i think their relationship could be better than she's giving it credit for mm-hmm. it's just i don't know sibling rivalries are complicated guys <laughs> yeah it's true okay i think I think that was See, and, the and, end I, of this and, one. and as you like to point out to me, oh so often, I don't really have much of a a say when it comes to sibling no. squabbles because I do not have any. No. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh Victoria, like, like you, don't, you understand. don't understand. It's a different kind of. It's a weird, <laughs> different kind of relate. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, me that and, doesn't get old. Me and my closest <laughs> sister, we shared a room for like a decade. Like I, I think that that relationship is different than one you would have as an only child. I don't know, with like cousins mm. or whoever. Right. It's just, it's weird, different. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. Being an only child is its own mm-hmm. thing. No, there's so many moments in this movie of, like, Ferris and Jeannie that I'm like, oh, this is me and my sister. <laughs> uh, hardcore. Happens a lot. Okay. Okay. I'm going to keep saying this. I think that was finally it for this minute. <laughs> uh, Scott, would you, well, I guess I, I would say, would you like to let everyone know where to find you, but... You know, Scott's at Dueling Genre. The Same we're at Dueling Genre. It's you. Yeah. Uh, once again, I want to thank you for, like, giving us a place yeah. to put content out. It's been really great. Well, I really love uh, being part of the Dueling Genre family. It's grown a ton. Yeah. No, it has. It's crazy. Um, we need to get – we need to start uh, getting more non-Movies by Minute podcasts, though, because I think, I think we're full up on those. I know. Um, we have so many. But the uh, – you can you can hear me. I, I host uh, Spider Man Minute. If you guys uh, haven't ever heard that show and you like Spider Man, we're doing the Sam Raimi, uh, starting with the Sam Raimi films and then uh, presumably carrying onward um, toward uh, you know the rest of the Spider Man movies. Um, and then uh, also Cornetto Minute, which uh, I, I think by the time this airs, the pilot should be out. Um, awesome. So you know, go check that out if you like Edgar Wright. And, uh, and the Cornetto films, which is uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Uh, we're going to be covering those a minute, of the, a minute at a time with um, my Back to the Future Minute co-host, Nick Jimenez. Uh, so uh, check those out. And, and if you like Doctor Who, check out The Doctor's Companion and um, Geek by Night, please. And Geek by Night. Geek by Everything Night. a dueling genre. Award winning. 
Just go to Dueling Genre. Just, yeah. <laughs> DuelingGenre.com. Yeah. Right, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you for being here. Uh, can you join us? Would you like to join us again tomorrow, Scott? Yes, of course. <laughs> he was thinking about it. He was thinking. He was taking his time. He was like, maybe, maybe I don't want to come back for the shenanigans. Was, awesome. Well, was, thank you. He was building uh, suspense. And, and, and listeners, you guys can join us tomorrow as well uh, for minute number 17. Talk a shame. Oh, my God.